Hannah, you know when sometimes there just is like a chain where something goes wrong and then just like eight other things go wrong? Just snowballs. Yeah. So I think I have reached a chain reaction from something that had happened to me like two months ago. Okay. Right after Thanksgiving break, I got back home. My roommate had gotten stranded in a different state and just, you know, so it got back like a day later, later than she wanted to. So we were like, we don't want to cook today. Let's just go get food. Just get something quick. Well, let's go get a chicken sandwich. Like we can go to Wendy's. It's relatively close by. And the last time I got a chicken sandwich at Wendy's, I ate three bites of it and it ended up in the parking lot of a Kentucky Wendy's because I was being attacked by a bee. So, you know, it didn't go well. So I really should have thought about that before before this happened. So I should note that because this happened so long ago and we're not recording until like two to three weeks after this occurred, I did write this down the day it happened. So I might just read some things straight from what I wrote and other things I'll explain as we go. So <laughs> the last time I had Wendy's, I lost my Sammy to a bee in the parking lot. So the memory was fresh. We entered the long line. It was a very long line. There were probably like six cars in front of us ready for the spicy goodness because I was definitely getting a spicy chicken sandwich and wait. The dance mom car in front of us had ordered about 15 things, taking upwards of the time it took to both find and play conga by Gloria Estefan. <laughs> so we're waiting in this line, you know, we're getting close to the drive through window. This, this dance mom car in front of us, she's got like a, like a license plate that says like dance, whatever. I'm like, is she feeding a whole troop of dancers? Is that's what's happening here? Maybe, but it was a lot of things and took a long time. So much so that before she also finished, a truck that was in front of her drove out of the drive-thru line. They jumped the median because it, it's one of those ones where there's a median like blocking the drive-thru from the parking lot, drove over the median and, and like sped off. And we're like, okay, well, that's weird. <laughs> You know, and we're like, we get up to, to the window and there's silence for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I just hear somebody say, sorry, I'm not taking orders right now, man. I have to call my boss. I'm freaking out. And they sounded so distressed. And I was like, that's fine. Like, okay. And so we're just waiting here and like this person on the window sounded so panicked and like near tears and like so upset that i'm like you're good like i just hope you're okay you know so so we're waiting and i'm curious and i'm nosy nancy drawing it you know trying to find out what the tea is both figuratively and literally because i wanted to order an unsweet tea you know yeah. but i wanted the tea like what's going on in this wendy's <laughs> like what's happening in here it's been five minutes. We've just been waiting at the box, waiting for someone to take our order. Somebody from inside the building walked out of the kitchen and did not come back. <laughs> I don't know if this is the person who took my, was going to take my order or not, but somebody just like peaced out. Then the truck that had jumped the curve came back and, uh, and they're in the parking lot and a random boy like gets out of the truck and is like standing by the drive through window, like very suspiciously. It was very, un it was like, Peter and I both were like, something is wrong with the situation, but not saying that to each other. We were both just like, mm, 
something's wrong here. Because, like, that school shooting had just occurred, like, mm-hmm. the day before. So we were, like, you know, on edge. Like, what's going to go wrong? I'm, like, thinking, will I have to jump this curb if something happens, you know? <laughs> um, but anyway, so the boy picked up some food. They just gave it to him standing in the drive through line. And he took it to the truck. And they took off. And I was like, okay. It's like, that's weird. Apparently, they just couldn't have waited in the drive through line. Right. So then the dance mom got her food. And we continued to wait. (laughs) And then finally, a voice on the other line said, sorry, we're temporarily closed. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. So we we drive away and I'm like, what is happening in this Wendy's? Like, what is going on that they have to temporarily close? Like, did this mom break this, like, person taking the orders? Like, was there just so much food that they were like, I can't do it anymore and quit? I don't know, but I, I still want to know. I want to know if you have any information <laughs> about why a Wendy's would temporarily close, let me know. But anyway, so then we're like, okay, let's just go to Burger King. It's right next door. and We'll just get a chicken sandwich from Burger King. So we're waiting in this line and there's this car. I'm going to see if I can show you a picture of it. If not, I'll send it to you. That has this like weird bumper sticker and we're like, what is this saying? Yeah. And it took us five minutes to figure out what it said. I'm going to send this to you. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're staring at that. I'm like, what is it? It? It or something? And I'm like, well, that stick figure is, like, on its hands and knees. So I'm a little cons- concerned about what's going on. It looks like they're being fucked. Yes. So finally, I got Fuck it. it. Fuck it before it fucks you. <laughs> Yeah. Is what it says. Because the before was yeah. so unclear from far away that finally, while waiting in this line, we were like, I was like, oh, I was like, I understand. But it took like five minutes. So then we get up to this order window. And again, we're just waiting there in silence. There's no, there's no one talking to us. There's no one, go- nothing going on. I'm like, are we not going to get ordered, like served <laughs> right. again? Are we not going to be able to order a chicken sandwich? Finally, though, someone came on and was like, can I take your order? And I was like, thank God, I can get my my tea, I can get my chicken sandwich. And I'm rolling out of there. And I'm like, you know what, we need some Christmas music (laughs) to make this event better. And I asked Siri, I asked her to play my Christmas playlist that I have on Spotify. But while I was asking the question, I said, quote, oh shit, I forgot the title of my Christmas playlist. So that's what Siri heard. And Siri said, okay, got you. Now playing Usher, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sure, that's, whatever. That's Close enough. Close enough. But it was just like such a strange <laughs> series of events that occurred in such a, such a short period of time that I just, I'm like, I just want to know what happened. Like, Yeah. That's amazing. We can do that for our next episode if you want. Okay. I just feel like we should have some Christmas Let me, uh, hold on, let me, let me get, what would not get us copyrighted? The horse clap from, uh, hey, yeah, either that that or the the clapping, 
Um, just here. What, what song is that? Lovely right, weather, snow ride together with you. What's that called? Snow giddy ride. Giddy up, giddy up. Right. There might be some horse neighing in Sle- there. Is it just called sleigh ride? I think it's just called sleigh ride. Welcome to Research Rank Repeat. This is co-host Hannah. And this is co-host Alyssa. And currently I am wearing red. And Hannah is wearing a Christmas sweater featuring uh, Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. It is Christmas season. It is. We're in December and we're doing a three-week Christmas celebration to end out the year. Because we can and because we want to. And... The Christmas spirit is here with us tonight. <laughs> We've had some rough couple years, but we still got Christmas. We got Christmas. You know, they can't, they can take away our family and our friends and isolate and, us. And our and, joy. <laughs> and split apart families based on political and views on science. But you know what they can't do is take away the magic of the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it will always be inside of us. <laughs> Every time a bell rings, Hannah, an angel gets its wings. Oh, man. But unfortunately, we're not doing that. As much as I love... (laughs) (laughs) It's a Wonderful Life. I just forgot the name of It's a Wonderful Life. It's fine. Although, as much as... As great as that movie is, a classic Christmas movie, we are not doing any classic Christmas movies this week. We are doing the most... Wonderfully casted, produced edited films in existence which are the hallmark slash lifetime original christmas movies now this trend didn't take off until more recently like within the past five years or so or so where they started just mass producing christmas Mm -hmm. movies hallmark channel put out 40 new movies for 2021 40 lifetime did 30 yeah um Coming into this year, they had 88 films, and they literally did 30 in a year. Yeah. That's insane. They go insane. But people love them. People love them. Yes. And before we get into, like, the background of Hallmark Lifetime a little bit more, I think we should mention how we came to become not necessarily fans of these movies, but it became a part of our Christmas traditions in a way. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, um, we sometimes would just start randomly watching a Christmas movie on television and you would notice things about the lack of diversity, (laughs) lots of white people celebrating Christmas in towns that only celebrate Christmas all year long and are very, it's very, it's a huge deal. Like, Christmas is their life. And then you notice the cheese, and you notice the ridiculousness and the basic plot lines, and we just started turning it into a drinking game. Mm-hmm. We were like, you know what? Why don't we just drink about things that we think we're going to find and also make predictions about things that we think are going to happen? Turn it into a little fun game, you know? Yeah. So we started doing, we would watch, like, about 10 minutes of a movie. Just observe what was happening. We wouldn't read the descriptions of the movies. The only thing we knew was the title of the movie and whoever appeared in the first 10 minutes. Right. We then would pause the movie and everyone would get like on paper or on their phones, write, you know, if you didn't know what the two main characters' jobs were at that point, you would write what you think their jobs were going to be, kind of what you think the main plot conflict's going to be. To make it fun, we added like, what's one random thing you think will happen in this movie? 
what's a Christmas thing that's going to happen or or just like a very ridiculous thing. Right. Ridiculous plot line that will happen. Um, and then we basically would just like write down, you know, our thoughts and we'd read through them. And then when the movie plays, you kind of see who's right and who's wrong. A lot of times right. people get it pretty close because yeah. of how predictable these movies are. <laughs> they can be very predictable. I'm um, unfortunately very good at predicting things. So I kind of try to go really extreme but spoiler alert, there's one movie I literally got to a T. Everything about what I thought was correct. Pretty proud of that. But I'm not proud of the movie that it was because the movie that shall not be named. <laughs> but yeah, so we started doing that. And then this year we were like, you know, let's do a podcast episode on Hallmark Lifetime movies. Yes. Uh, partly because we wanted to just roast them. Oh, of course. Yeah. Makes for good content. Um, and I was like, well, how do you pick? Because there's so many movies... They constantly play 24-7. Yeah, so our parents have, like, still have cable and still have a bunch of channels. And so I was like, well, I'll randomly go through and DVR and just record five random TV movies between Lifetime and Hallmark channels. On our TV, they just happen to be the channels right above and below each other. I somehow managed to pick, like, a diverse group of movies. Yeah, you did. You know, Hannah, I, from the first movie we watched, I was a little nervous because it was uh, very much not diverse in any way, shape, or form. But the more we watched, the more diverse it got. You know? Honestly, shocking because... Yeah. Okay, yeah, if we had done this... Maybe even five years ago, I guarantee you, four out of the five would have been all white cast. Maybe one cast that had a little bit of diversity Right, in it. or like your token, like, supporting character right. that's of a different race kind of deal. So I don't know if I just got lucky or if Lifetime and Hallmark are actually becoming diverse enough to the point where you can pick five movies and get, like, a pretty diverse group of movies. To be fair, Lifetime has always been more diverse than Hallmark mm-hmm. in terms of their Christmas movies, of their right. cast and plot and things like that. But maybe Hallmark is starting. They're like, oh, maybe other people like Christmas who aren't white. (laughs) Maybe they like to see themselves represented on TV. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, But yeah, so we kind of mentioned, I'm just going to go over Lifetime really quick. Uh, We mentioned, or I mentioned, sorry, that they have 88 films uh, with 30 that came out this year. So the 88 does not include those 30. The first film that ever came out for a Lifetime Christmas movie was in 1997. It was called On the Second Day of Christmas, and it starred good old Mark Buffalo. Oh, Mark Buffalo. He was the main um, male lead. Okay. Essentially, the movie is about a woman and her niece who get caught stealing on uh, Christmas. Oh. And face the potential of um, spending, like, Christmas in jail. (laughs) Sir, I want to buy these shoes. (laughs) Um, Until a uh, kind shop worker volunteers to uh, help them out, which I'm assuming that's Mark Buffalo. Probably. A.K.A. Mark Ruffalo, for those that don't know. Yeah, we just call him Mark Buffalo. Yeah, so that's a... We didn't do a lot of background on the actual channels because we have background in the individual movies. So just based on Hallmark, so Hallmark Channel is a huge brand, like, you know, the Hallmark Store, Hallmark, you know, and they've been producing their own movies for a really long time. So it was really hard to get any information about, one, how many Christmas movies they've made because it's too many, too many Christmas movies. What I can 
determine is that so pre-2008 they were making roughly one movie a month so they put out roughly 12 movies a year after 2008 they started making 30 in a year and they've now increased to where they're making just 40 christmas movies in one year so a christmas festival is a movie that was released in 1959 as a tv movie that is included in the hallmark hall of fame now, I cannot find definitive evidence if Hallmark actually made this movie or if they just included it into their Hall of Fame. So this may be the earliest Christmas movie, but it's hard to tell. What I can for sure tell you is that Christmas Secret, which was released in 2000, appears to be their, like, the Hallmark channel, like, actual channel name's first Christmas movie. So they've been doing this for a long time. Just another thing I found when I was browsing my favorite trusted source Wikipedia is that um, Hallmark Channel has a following of, quote, politically conservative viewers in suburban and rural areas. So shocked. Right. Certainly reflects that with the casting and plot themes of these movies. Yes, I would. uh, Yeah, 100% agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's just a little background about the channels. Um, so we've done five movies here today, mm-hmm. taken notes, and um, we're going to discuss them. And as always, we've written our summaries because this was too golden <sighs> to pass up writing summaries for. Um, also, every single movie has the word Christmas in the title. There's not a single movie that doesn't. So you ha- they have to know they're watching a Christmas movie. I'll start with one of mine. Okay. And we can just go back and forth. You know, let's start with a movie we watched first because that was okay. one of mine. Right um, before Christmas? Right before Christmas. Okay. I wrote in quotations, white before Christmas. Very white. Very, very non-diverse cast. And I should note, this one aired on the Hallmark Channel. Yes. Shocker. Okay. So, background. This movie came out in 2019. It's an hour and 27 minutes. It had a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. The director was Pat Williams, who actually directed episodes of Degrassi and Kyle XY. Oh, So, a little throwback to ABC Family there. So, this movie was nominated for two Leo Awards. Okay. And won one Leo Award. I did have to look up what the Leo Awards were because I wasn't sure, but basically it's a, um, a award show that's for Canadian uh, TV and, like, films. Because okay. pretty much all these movies are filmed in, like, Vancouver or, like... Ottawa, like certain parts of Canada. It's very right. like Hallmark and Lifetime. That's like where they film a lot of their film, a lot of their movies. This movie was filmed in Vancouver. And a fun fact, because this is all I could find about the movie, was that the dog's real name is Dexter. Oh, the little yes. dog that's in the, the movie. Dog, of course. Okay, and now I will read my summary. <clears throat> okay. Austin Ames, Melissa Hastings, and Zach Efron's singing voice. Star in Hallmark's attempt at Love Actually. The plot weaves through three couples during the holiday season. <laughs> Similar to how I tried to... <laughs> I didn't think it was that funny. <clears throat> Let me take that back. Okay, okay yeah, take it, take it again. The plot weaves through three couples during the holiday season. <laughs> Similar to how I tried to navigate a haunted corn maze. <laughs> In, white, in what might be the whitest cast I have ever seen, you start to question how this movie is supposed to be set in Chicago. Yeah. The movie takes place in Chicago, and 
the first time we see anyone diverse is in let me read this quote because i wrote this down i said there's a group there's a group of people in a room and i said oh there's the diversity and Alyssa said yeah because it's the orphanage (laughs) the only diversity we see in this movie is in a children's orphanage it's kids in an orphanage let's let's let me sink let's sink that in we are in chicago this is supposed to take place in and around chicago I don't think Chicago is all white. Just it saying. doesn't look anything like Chicago. No, they it do these not. shots at the beginning of the movie of this huge city, and then all of a sudden you're in like this little village. And I'm like, I I've, I've been to Chicago. I don't live there, but I've been there. I don't know where they're finding these places in Chicago. It must be like suburban Chicago, but like where? Where are know. you finding this? What do you feel about this movie? Um. So do we want to share our our things that we wrote after our ten minutes? This movie, we actually discussed our predictions because we watched this movie together. So, at this point in the movie, we do not know uh, Chad Michael Murray, um, what was his name? Luke's. Luke's uh, job. job. We do know that... um, Melissa, who was, what was her name in the movie? Jess. We know that Jess Jess. works at a music shop. Yes, she works at a music shop and she was like a a child musician. Um, Played the cello. Yes. It's a bass. Cello. Yes, correct. Uh, We also know that she has been dating a man for three months and has him on her Christmas cards. Yeah, she's dating a doctor, um, and she thinks he's going to propose to her. Yeah. Or maybe that hasn't happened yet. But there's, like, there's clear that they have a relationship, and she's, like, very much invested in it. Yeah, but within the first ten minutes, we get introduced to her plotline, we get introduced to her brother, who's in the military. Yes. And he's on a base somewhere. Yes, and her aunt. And her aunt, who um, is recently widowed and is interacting with a different guy and a dog. And basically took care of her and her brother. She was like, because their, their parents died. Right. Um, so I guess that, uh, I'm just going to say Chad McMurray because I can't keep remembering Luke. I guess that his job was going to be a songwriter. I said that he was going to be a chef at the restaurant Primo's that she was going to go to where she thought she was going to get proposed at. Yeah, we um, were both wrong. He was a photographer. But he did do work at Primo's. That's true. He was so doing were, photography at the restaurant. You were kind of right. So I had I had the where he was going to be correct, just not what his job would be. Yeah. Um. So my conflict, my main conflict, I, I thought was, I said, Nanny Carrie, Dr. Three-Month Man, uh, finds her in One Tree Hill in a conversation and gets jealous. Okay. And she moves on to Chad Michael Murray, but still talks to the... Um, doctor boyfriend at this point um they are still together her and the doctor they do break up he breaks up with her yeah that was my main conflict i predicted i said that this is the hallmark love actually slash valentine's day movie all the conflicts will be intertwined in some way i said her conflict is her getting back into her love of music by trying out for the chicago symphony and will ditch her three-month love for Tristan slash Austin Ames slash Jake slash One Tree Hill Boy. They're either all related or in love. Incest? Question mark? <sighs> yeah. A couple other, like, little plot things I wrote. I thought the, um, her brother in the military would appear at the end. I also kind of was with you where I thought that Ch- Chad Michael Murray would get her to play, um, the cello. I think it was a yeah, cello. I think it was a cello. Because she mentioned how she hadn't played in a long time. Right. And then my random thing that I thought was going to happen was that the aunt was going to make an inappropriate joke about romance <laughs> at the end and, like, make everyone laugh uncomfortably. 
So my random thing. So at the very beginning of the movie, this little boy comes in um, with his mom looking for an instrument and he likes the guitar, but his mom's like, no, you're getting a violin. And then she makes a comment. She's like, they'll be back for the guitar in two weeks. So I said my random thing would be that the little boy with the violin will get his guitar either near the end of the movie or at the end of the movie. It will end with him playing a Christmas song on his guitar. Now, I said the song would be Oh Holy Night. It would be at some Christmas town party, even though we're in Chicago. (laughs) So the little boy does get his guitar and he does play a Christmas song at a Christmas event, but he plays Joy to the World instead of Oh Holy Night. So I was unfortunately incorrect in my guess. Yeah, the aunt the aunt did not make an inappropriate joke, so I was wrong as well. We were both kind of right on the plot conflict because, yeah. like, Chad Michael Murray does see her talking to her ex-boyfriend and kind of thinks they're still together. Yeah, we had, like, the back and forth where, like, she goes to the ice skating rink and sees him holding this girl that he's taking pictures with, and mm-hmm. then he sees her talking to her ex, and it's, like, the back and forth, like, oh, right. no, I can't use my words to communicate, so I'll just act like it's over. Yeah. Yeah, and he does kind of give her, get her back into her love of music. She ends up auditioning and gets, like, a spot on a, a uh, orchestra. Um, one of my notes that I wrote down while watching this movie is that my mom is a Hallmark character. Yes. I yeah. wrote down, Alyssa said, Mom has that Christmas box. She she had one of the boxes that this, <laughs> yes. this aunt had. I'm like, that's, yeah. mom has that. Like, she's a Hallmark character. Um, here's what I'll say about the movie. I will say that I think the two mains had good chemistry together. I do. I agree. I think they had good chemistry. And they have worked, like, they both worked on One Tree Hill. I don't remember if they were in scenes together, but they have some sort of, like, relationship. I would assume they've met each other before. And the plus, he does not turn into a diamond. That's true. Yeah. So. It's not Ren. I will say, too, like, I did care about the aunt slash love interest plotline. I didn't so much care as much about the, like, the boy and her brother in the military and the girl because I didn't feel like that was developed enough for me to care as much. Okay, basically, it's a worse version of Love, actually. It's not that great, but I will say having multiple couples, especially when we talk about a movie that did not do that, it was nice to have a bit of jumping around as opposed to just getting scenes of the two of the main characters. So I did enjoy that aspect. Yeah, you know, um, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was interesting. It had an appropriate amount of cheese for a Hallmark movie. Um, I mean, yes, it was very not diverse in any way, shape, or form, but I didn't hate this movie. It, it was kept me entertained enough, and plus Chad Michael Murray's in it. I know Hannah very much appreciated that, as she could not stop talking about how good he looked in this okay, movie. Okay, I'm sorry, but we both said that. He looked good. I mean, you're not wrong. He did His look good. His hair looked really good. He did look very nice in the movie, but... Yeah. But, um, can we talk about the fact that we both thought Drew Seeley and his brother <gasps> were actually gay lovers at the beginning? Oh my god. So, I forgot. That. So, the other plot point is you've got Drew Seeley, who was, um, Zach Offron's singing voice for the first time high school musical... He is a, like, musician who was in a boy band and they broke up. And so he's trying to, like, you know, get back in the groove of it. And his manager is, like, trying to, like, you know, set him up for gigs and things. And, like, Hannah and I both got some weird sexual tension from them. Um, I even wrote a comment. The dog can sense the sexual tension. Oh, my God. 
Wait. Can you see that? The dog. Dog senses sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we both had this vibe that, like, oh, maybe we're, like, for a Hallmark movie, like, are they kind of, like, trying to hint at something? But they're like, oh, we can't go all, all the way because of our conservative viewership. But, no, it turns out they're brothers. So that was, like, eek. Maybe the incest thing I made wrote as a joke is actually true. <laughs> also, the whole plot of the movie, so right before Christmas, is this main character, Jess, is writing Christmas cards to the people who are important to her who are all the people in the plot lines, like her brother, her aunt, um, Chad Michael Murray's mom, who was her music teacher, and then this famous musician. She's just like, let me write him a Christmas card and tell him how important he is to my life. It was a bit, ooh, a little weird for yeah, me. Yeah, she was know. like giving me like a little bit of weird vibes because she, yeah, she literally made Christmas cards after three months with this guy and wanted to like mail him out. And I was like, that's yeah. super creepy. I'm like, that's a little early. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I'm not mad about the movie. Yeah. It, it didn't make me like hate my life. So that's a plus. Did you have a favorite character? I said, I would say either the aunt or um, Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, I picked Chad Michael Murray. I liked the aunt as well, but I thought like her, I felt like her story didn't get as developed as much as the main leads did. And he was like a perfectly acceptable male love interest for this movie. Yeah, I kind of had like a favorite scene, I guess, where I think it was... It wasn't the first time they met, but it was, like, when Chad McMurray comes into the music shop for the first time. Mm-hmm. They have, like, this really good back-and-forth banter. And I was like, that was what made me, like, feel like they were comfortable with each other and they had good chemistry. And, like, favorite line, it was kind of weird. <laughs> this little random boy um, is t- Chad McMurray comes in as, like, sa- dressed as Santa Claus to this orphanage. And this random boy is just like, I love you, Santa! <laughs> it was so sad and, like... So I, so I didn't do both a favorite scene and line. I just picked, like, one or the other. So this one I had a favorite line, and it was, quote, I love you, Santa, small orphan, is who said that. It was, the, you just hear a little boy go, I love you, Santa. I'm just <laughs> like, oh, no. And then did you have a Hallmark moment? I did. So this is something that we are doing for these movies specifically, is we picked a quote-unquote hallmark moment which is like a cheesy christmas moment um for this movie specifically i picked the fact that she sent out christmas cards to the most important people in her life because who would ever do that i don't know anyone who would be like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna send out christmas cards to five specific people it's like to all the boys i loved before but in real life and and as if the main character actually was gonna send those letters out and not her sister Right. Getting in her business and sending them out against her will. Kind of yes. deal. Um, I, I mentioned the fact that the dog's name was Blitzen. Yeah. <laughs> because who names a dog Blitzen? Yeah. A Hallmark movie. That's who names a dog Blitzen. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, that was my can, we, can we also talk about how Hallmark is obsessed with fruitcake? Yes. They mention also- fruitcake all the time. And I'm like, do people really eat fruitcake still? Like, is that still a thing? I don't know. I've never had f- had fruitcake one time. Right, but no one. Do people make it for the holidays? I don't know. Is that a thing? I mean, it used to be. Maybe we'll put a poll on Instagram. Yeah. Do you eat fruitcake? Because I don't. They just have it sitting around their houses. Though the one they use yeah. it like as a doorstop. Yeah, she's like, it's a brick we use as a door <laughs> doorstop. Like, is that I'm a like, thing? I, I don't know. I don't know. But they mentioned fruitcake in a different Hallmark movie. Like, yeah, it's very strange to me. Yeah. 
So I'm going to do Christmas in Homestead. So this movie was released in 2016 and it is on the Hallmark Channel. The movie is rated G, TVG, I guess I should say. It has an, a runtime of an hour and 24 minutes. Um, it has a 6.6 .6 out of 10 on IMDb. And so I couldn't really find too much about this movie. I have a few facts that I found. So the film was, was filmed in Georgia instead of Canada um, in a town called Delongia. Delongia, it's like a small town is where the film, where they filmed it. Um, so they had over 300 local extras in the movie um, to fill out the town's people scenes. And they also, it said it had a um, $375,000 impact on their economy of that town. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't know if it's like they lost that amount of money or that was like the gain from it being filmed there. I'm, I'm I would unclear. imagine that's what they gained. Um, and so also, weirdly, um, there was a, the movie was novelized in 2017 and released by Cara Tate. Or Cara, Cara, Cara Tate. So hmm. that was strange to me. Um, but otherwise, I couldn't really find a lot of information about this movie. And I guess now I will give my summary. In this Midwestern hometown Christmas story, we find Costas from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants in the plot of Notting Hill, except less murder. Jessica, a Hollywood sci-fi actress trying to direct her own movie and make a name for herself outside of sci-fi, a thing which she makes very clear multiple times throughout the movie, goes to a small Christmas town in Iowa to create a movie with her bland, monotone ex. The paparazzi peeping Tom tries to snap some pics of her from a tree for an expose, but maybe he also has a heart? Question mark? Costas, a, whittled <laughs> a widowed <laughs> dilf mayor, must balance raising his daughter and running his parents in, all while maybe falling in love? <laughs> will it? <laughs> what? You said a will it? <laughs> a will a widowed dilf mayor. He's a let's he's a, a widowed dilf mayor in owner. <laughs> the whole package right there. I just want to say the Vince who plays the ex has been like the devious ex boyfriend in like a million lifetime Hallmark movies. Yeah, you versus the boy your girlfriend tells you not to worry <laughs> yeah. about kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do predictions first, because we didn't actually watch this one together, so we don't know each other's predictions. No, we didn't watch this together. So, should we set up what, what we found out before the movie started? Yeah, so we, at this point, we knew both their jobs. Yes, we knew that she was a famous actress with her ex-boyfriend. We knew he was in a small town in, in Ida, Iowa. I don't know why I wanted to say Idaho. Idaho. In Iowa, that him and his sister run a lodge that used to be their parents, and he has a daughter. There's no mention of a wife or, you know, if her mom is present in the picture at all. And also, he's like a stingy mayor. And they're like, he's not happy about them coming to film in their town. Yeah, because he thinks it's going to interfere with their, like, Christmas festivities. Because they have, like, three weeks of Christmas festivities, like, every day. Or I'm like, who has time for all this shit in these small towns, right? Yeah. And him and Jessica have not met at this point. They have not. No. Okay. Um, so I said, obviously, we know both their jobs, so we could not predict their jobs. Right. I predicted that I thought Kostas's wife was dead. He did not speak of her yeah. ill. He just spoke of her in, like, a sad way. I said he is closest, 
closed himself off from love. Um, he meets Jessica and they have an enemies to lover trope. Uh, he will think he got played when Vince shows off the picture. Oh, so we, I should mention. Yes. So, um, Vince, who's Jessica's ex, like, is like, oh, can I just get a quick kiss, like, on the cheek or whatever? Yeah, for publicity, for because they're going to be filming this movie together. Right, even he's like, it'll be good together. to put out yeah. for the movie. And, well, and, then, and, sorry, so she, he kisses her on the lips and takes a picture of it, you know, and she's like, delete that photo. And right, he's like, obviously okay. that was going to come back. Um, obviously. So I said that um, he's going to think he got played when Vince shows off, like, shows him a picture of them kissing. Um, I said they will make up and the actress will end up sticking around the town. I did say that the sister would give a love interest. I said it. Hopefully it's uh, Jessica's assistant, Rosalie. Yeah, I liked her assistant. <laughs> Sadly, no. It's um, a Hallmark movie, Hannah. You're thinking too highly I know. that they would have a, a gay relationship, you know? I, know. Um, I said the paparazzi will inf- infiltrate the town. And I said my random thing is that there will be an ice skating scene where Jessica Falls laughs and Kostas in slow motion will help her up. <laughs> yes. All right. So my conflict is that um, Jessica and uh, Kostas, I just called him Dilf because I didn't know his name at this point. They have differentiating, differentiating, differentiating views on Christmas, you know, she's Hollywood, he's small town mayor, they could never make it work. My plot reason points, I said that they would get together, but then her ex releases that photo of them kissing. There's turmoil, but ultimately, the spirit of Christmas brings their love together, and she agrees to come to the holidays in Iowa or slash her parents, like, she has comes around on Christmas and is like, I suppose I could celebrate, and they're able to make it work. So my random thing is that um, his daughter would be featured in the movie as like an extra or like in some sort of role. And then um, with input from my roommate who watched this movie with me, um, I also included that there will be an incident on set and a tree will catch on fire. Sadly, there is no tree that catches on fire. But the next day after I watched this movie, the Fox News Christmas tree caught on fire. So I felt like that was an omen that I was on the right track. Just in the wrong area. It's true. Because <laughs> you know, Hannah, it's an attack on, on this country. God. Um, I will say, mentioning the daughter, I think her name was Sophie. Yeah. I think she was actually pretty good as a, like, a kid actress. Yeah. And she was... I did like her relationship with Gavin, who was Jessica's um, her, security guard. Yes, Jessica had bodyguard. like a bodyguard security guard. And yeah, they had... I liked their interactions with each other. Yeah. What I liked about this movie is that it felt, them meeting and, like, their interactions at the beginning felt awkward in a way that it should be when you meet someone for the first time. Yeah. Some of these Hallmark and Lifetime movies, it's, like, they meet for the first time and it's, like, not weird at all. And I was, like, usually there's a little bit of, like, an awkward, it's not bad, it's not a bad thing, but usually there's a little bit of, like, an uncomfortable awkwardness between people. And I felt like that happened when they met each other, which I do appreciate, um, and I thought they did have good chemistry, the two main leads. It, it took a little bit to get there, but I thought it, it felt natural, I guess. And I did feel like there was a good amount of drama. I did write, though, it's rich white people drama, yeah. but it's there. Yeah, I did like this movie. I did think that it was, like, almost too cheesy because mm-hmm. it was just, like, 
oh, we have the town Christmas fight and we have the town snowman making contest and we're gonna have a montage of us finding clothes in this closet for the snowman to win. I really wanted there to be an altercation between the ex and um, Kostas, the uh, Matt, I think is his name in this movie. I yes. really wanted them to get in a fight and it never happened and I was pretty upset by that. Um, I also really liked that they didn't portray her as this like stuck up, mm-hmm. stern, like, insensitive like shitty hollywood actress you know like she's like oh we should get cupcakes for the crew and like is very much like wants to cause as little trouble to like this town as possible because i feel like a lot of times they have a tendency to portray like you know the independent uh business oriented woman as being this like bitch essentially and i liked that they didn't do that i will say though that i did start to get a little bored um partway through the movie like it just was not that entertaining as some of the other ones like plot Mm -hmm. wise um so i think that was like maybe one of the downsides i do have an issue though with the fact that there is a a part where she is he or i can't remember i think it's him he walks outside of his house in slippers and a robe and he walks through the snow in slippers but he also, you can clearly tell the snow is CGI because he steps through it and it stays in one position. Like, the snow does not move. Like, he <laughs> just moves move. through a CGI, like, snowbank. And then no one's wearing gloves in Iowa in Christmas time for a snowball fight. Like, right. these people are not dressed for Christmas for this, this area of the Midwest. Did you not feel like, from the limited amount of time we've seen of Notting Hill that this plot was essentially Notting Hill, an actress coming to a town and falling in love with, like, a, a random common guy and then having some weird... Yeah, it it did. Um, it was more entertaining than Notting Hill. Yeah, Notting Hill. So, <laughs> okay, well, you know what? She's never gonna watch Notting Hill. It's time, it's time Hannah, we come clean. Have we never told her? No. I thought we did, finally. Maybe we did. If not, you're hearing this now. Um, so, like, five years ago... Hannah and I were watching Notting Hill and we got through maybe half the movie and we were just like I can't fucking do it anymore I was like we need to stop it's just like not boring but we came up with this elaborate like story that like Notting Hill turns into this like horror movie where someone gets murdered and it's like this murder mystery like a love story turned murder mystery we told our cousin this she's like okay I'll have to watch it so one day like maybe a year or two later me and her watching it and the same thing happened. We got to a certain point in the movie and she was just like, I, I can't do the rest of it tonight. Like, maybe we can finish it another night. And I was like, okay, yeah, sounds good. And I was like, no, because she was like, oh, when's the murder happen? And I'm like, oh, it's it's going to happen soon. Um, and we just like held on to that for a very long time, that there was just this like elaborate murder scheme in this movie, which I, I don't think there's a murder in Notting Hill. I think it's just a boring romance story with Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. What if there actually is? I would be glad. Yeah. Good. But I don't know if we ever told her this, so this might be... This might be the reveal. Yeah, I, maybe. I, for some reason, I thought we had told her about it, like, last maybe year. We, maybe we did. I just don't remember. I don't know. I think my favorite character was probably Matt. Or maybe Gavin. I like the bu- the bodyguard a lot. <laughs> The bodyguard. I thought you were going to say the butler. No, the bodyguard. The butler, Gavin. You know what? No. I- I'm going to say Jessica. Because I think Jessica, like you said, is like, we find out she's like the producer of this film as well. And she's like, basically, one night they're working late and it's going to interfere with the town's whatever event. And she's like, you know what? No, we'll 
we'll switch the schedule. I'll pay for any of, like, the fees that have to be taken care of. And so, yeah, I like what you said, how she's not portrayed as, like, a stuck-up Hollywood actress. She seems like a person who cares, who's genuine, and I don't think she's, like, trying to create conflict. Like, the conflict comes from the fact that... It just, I guess, the Hollywood lifestyle, like paparazzi making stories and everything like that. So she's not actually the one creating the conflict. It's the fact that, like, the conflict is, like, coming from her lifestyle, her environment. So, yeah, I did like her. I did like Matt, too, though. I thought he was nice. But he was very angsty the whole movie. Um, I get that his wife is dead. I mean, that's tough, bro. I feel that. Um, I don't feel that. I, I don't know that. But he's also just, like, very angsty for me. Yeah, he had a lot of sad energy to him. Yeah. So that in itself was kind of like, mm, he's he was fine. I picked Jessica as well for a lot of the same reasons that I said earlier. I, you know, you get to see like the humanity side of it where she's like, I don't go home for the holidays because I don't want to bring pa- paparazzi to my right. family like when we're trying to celebrate Christmas. So I just don't go home and portrayed that type of character that I really liked in this movie. So that's why I yeah. picked her. I didn't really have a favorite line. But I think my favorite scene is actually the scene where they met in the lodge. Because it was, like, very awkward, but it was also really funny and, like, it felt realistic in that way. And I think it did a good job of setting up the, like, relationship between the two main cast members. Yeah, so my favorite scene I really liked when... So there's a picture of her, like, hugging Matt that looks like they're kissing and he releases basically the paparazzi release it so people like come to the inn or trying to get photos of him and he's just like all confused and his daughter like runs out and like starts posing and she's like hello hi like wants the spotlight and it was funny also my other favorite line is my roommate at the very end of the movie said quote this is so cheesy and i was like this is what a hallmark movie is it's all cheese all the time I will say the ending of the movie almost made me hate the whole film. Yeah, it was bad. They literally changed a whole movie scene. Because she improvised Hannah. She never improvises. I don't care. I know. I don't care. My Hallmark moment actually was the end scene. Yeah. Because of how cheesy it was and the fact that she's like, ask me again if I'll stay. (sighs) Yeah. I was like, no, don't. Please. Just go. You'll never make it work living in Ohio, like Iowa and California. It'll never I didn't work. understand that. Like, she's just gonna, when she's on, when she's filming, she'll just be, I don't know. Whatever. I don't either. Whatever. My Hallmark moment, I picked all the cheesy town Christmas things. Like, they had a town snowball fight and the town snowman making contest and just, like, all this, like, very cheesy Christmas events that are, like, really heavily populated. Like, there's tons and tons of people who are, like... The Christmas Eve festival or parade or whatever it is. So, yeah, I picked that. All it's right. very, very cheesy. Let's do the Christmas Pact. Okay. All right. So this was aired on Lifetime. Came out in 2018. Rated TVG. It was an hour and 24 minutes and it had a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. It was directed by Marita Grobick. Sorry if I butchered that. So the best friend, or not the best friend, sorry. Yeah, I guess it was a friend. His name is Brandon, her friend's husband, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, The actor won a Leo Award for the best supporting performance by a male in a television movie. Um, His name is Hamza (laughs) Fai. Wait, hold on. 
I should have looked up how to say this before. Give it your best shot. <laughs> Hamza Fayud. Okay. So this was filmed in Vancouver and British Columbia. This is what I found was interesting. It had a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I found Amazon Prime's rating of it. Yeah. It had a 4.7 out of 5 stars with 340 reviews. Yeah. So I was like, that's a little bit. When you said, just just as a side note, when you said it's 5.9, that surprised me. Yeah. Because that's lower than the first two. Yeah, because the one, the one that I just did was 6.6. Yeah, and the other one I had was like 7.1 or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that rating. Okay, that was all I could find background-wise. Okay. So here's my summary. Childhood friends Ben and Sadie make a pact to return to a tree they planted as eight-year-olds every year. In a movie that has more time jumps than Edge of Tomorrow, we watch them grow apart over the years. But in true lifetime fashion, they come together at the end in one of the most rushed and confusing endings to a film I have ever seen. So, you look... Like, you have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Should we do predictions first? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I do. Here's what we get for the first part of this movie. So, essentially, we get them as children. I just want to point out that the children actors were really bad. I they really so had a hard bad. time watching the children actors. They, they were only on screen for, like, three minutes, so it was fine. But We start in 1987. We start in 1987. They're eight years old. They're yeah. in church. Um, Sadie's parents, uh, her dad's a pastor or a reverend. They leave church, go get a tree, plant it, and then they have this, like, pact. They're going to come back every year. They buy each other Christmas presents and say what they want to get. Somehow an eight-year-old's able to afford a Polaroid camera in 1987, which seemed kind of unrealistic to me, but sure, whatever. Um, they also had nice houses that, again, did not look like they were built in 1987. So I'm willing to suspend disbelief. Then we skip ahead to 10 years later when they're 18. Yeah, you basically find out that his mom has a plant nursery and he's working at the plant nursery. And then she is just got accepted to art school for photography an art school that's across the country and that's about where it ends yeah i thought it was pretty clear that sadie would be like a photographer or some sort of like mm -hmm. artist because she got accepted into an art school and she had you'd see her taking pictures a lot yeah so that was my guess and i guess that ben would i guess that he would stick around town and that he would take over his parents um i guess it's like an outdoors like garden it's like a nursery like a plant nursery, nursery shop that's what yeah. i guessed would be their jobs yeah, I said that he would still be working at his mom's nursery. Um, and then I said she would be a photographer for, like, Time or, like, Nat Geo or something like that, being a very, like, a travel photographer is what I thought for job. Yeah. Okay, so my prediction, um, I guess that they wouldn't have seen each other in, like, 10 years. Okay. And that Sadie would come back for Christmas, they'd be reunited. I said that the conflict would be over the fact that, like, do you stay friends or do you, like, become romantic couple kind of conflict, I guess? Or them having issues with it being a potential long-distance relationship because at that point, you imagine Sadie's on the other side of the states in college. She'll probably stay out that way or travel a lot and he's probably going to stick around home was my guess. So there'd be, like, right. that long-distance. And they live in Oregon, we should say. Yeah, Portland. And then she, she goes to school in, like, Rhode Island, I think, at the school's in yeah, Rhode Island. Yeah, she's in Rhode Island. And they're, they're, like, towns, like, outside of Portland. It's, right. like, an hour away or something like that. Yeah. And then I said that maybe Sadie would come home with a boy um, and that Ben would get jealous. Eventually, they will meet at their tree and take another picture on the Polaroid. Or I said they would pull out the old picture and hang it on the tree. I did not realize it was going to be hung on the tree. 
Can we just talk about, I'm sorry to cut you off during this, but can we talk about how they hang up a Polaroid picture on a tree and it somehow is still there 20 years later? Yeah, that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> I was like, but but snow and weather and wind, like, it's not existing. The sun exposure, you would not see a photo. It would be, <laughs> it would be gone. Gotta suspend disbelief on that one. Again, yes. Um, And then I said that... I thought one of them was going to get one of the gifts that they had mentioned in 1987 because they read through, like, their Christmas Mm -hmm. wish list at that point. Random thing, I said that the church choir will sing Silent Night. Also, I predicted there would be an ice skating scene where someone falls in slow motion. Yes. So... So I said the plot is that she's going to come home for the holidays. It's going to be, I, I thought it was going to be a bigger time jump, like maybe like 10 years or something, and that they're going to do their Christmas pact and then they're going to actually fall in love for real. I said that like conflict wise that like it, they have a hard time making, like it can't really work or hasn't worked in the past because like distance is hard and she's probably, I said she's probably in New York, which she was in New York and he's, you know, on the West Coast. Um, and then I said, also, maybe she has, like, a boyfriend or a recent ex who causes issues for them at some point throughout the movie. So my random thought of what I thought was going to happen is that at some point, there will be a sledding montage. And they, act, they like, almost kiss when they crash and kind of land on top of each other, you know, in that, like, romantic rom-com way where they kind of have, like, a, oh, and then they, like, look into each other's eyes and it's like the... I said, he will probably pull away. I thought it was going to be him and not her. Yeah, I mean, we were both right about there being an ex-boyfriend that created (laughs) issues. Yes. We were also right. We were not really right about the time thing because there were a lot of time jumps. There were there were maybe six time jumps in this movie. I I wrote down every time there was a time jump because I couldn't. It's got to the point where I couldn't keep track because when we got to 2007, Mm -hmm. which is where when they were 28 years old. Yeah. I thought that's where we were going to stay. And then all of a sudden we jumped to 2009 and then we jumped to 2010. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, we jumped to 2018. Right. Here's what I'll say. The time jumps got a little bit crazy for me. Yeah. But I also think it was really interesting because normally these Hallmark Lifetime movies, it's essentially like these people meet or they get reunited and within like two weeks, the whole movie takes place in like a two week segment or two to three weeks. This movie took place over an entire, like, from when they're eight years old to when they're, like, in their 30s. By the end of it, they're, like, in their, what, 40s? Yeah. It's really interesting to get glimpses of a relationship over that time period and to see how it's evolving, to see how it changes, what the conflict is. And so this movie left me very, like, out of all the movies, this one was the one where I was the most conflicted because I was, like, I think it's good in how they did so much time but also there were like segments where i was like what year are we in <laughs> because i what, couldn't remember what year is what it what year is like it jumanji i thought maybe if they did like one or two less time jumps i would have been like a little bit more like okay i understand but i also know why they did the time jumps yeah so i actually really liked this movie yeah um and i agree with what you said the amount of time jumps they had was a little confusing at times like at one point i was like are we still in 2009? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, this movie did not come out in 2009. So I'm like, when are we going to get to present day? Or does it just take place in the past? But I thought that format worked really well for this movie. Because a lot of the Hallmark-esque movies have like a very, very similar 
formatting, which you said it's usually like a two week, like a month period where they meet and fall in love and, you know, that's the story. But this one, it was like, we start with them as children and you watch the relationship growth and different things that happen along the way. And I was really entertained with it. And I, I, the main actress is played by Kyla Pratt and I really like her. And I thought the two leads had really good chemistry. Yeah. I do feel a little conflicted about confusion in there. And then like the end of the movie was a bit weird. Well... Okay, like, I'll say, going back to what you just said about the really good chemistry, I liked how the chemistry felt natural for the relationship they had at each time period. Yes. Because when they were, like, in high school going to college, it felt, like, awkward, but it's also, like, they kind of both were, like, am I, like, falling for a person that I've been friends with for 10 years? Right. So that makes sense. And I thought as they evolved over time, the relationship and the um, chemistry evolved, which I thought- The dynamics change, yeah. I thought was interesting, because people do, like, there are people that- are friends with people for years and then they start to date and it's like that's like a thing that happens yeah the ending for me was just like very bizarre because people change hannah people change people change because i didn't feel like so we she didn't go to london i'm assuming i don't think so no basically like kyla pratt's character gets this job offer to go to it was london right or was it paris London. Essentially, at the end of the movie, like, they, you know, typical lifetime hallmark, they confess their feelings, and then you jump ten years in the future, which, um, the thing I didn't understand, said eight years later. Yeah. That girl was not eight years old. They kiss, and then it says eight years later, and their daughter looks like she's twelve. Yeah. To be fair, it was the same actress who played the girl, and she was supposed to be an eight-year-old at the beginning of the movie, but even then, if it's only been eight years, then you're implying that they immediately... I mean, I guess they could... Well, then the girl would have to be, like, seven. She'd Yeah, she'd have to be, like, seven years because, old. Because, like, you have to add nine months. Hannah, I think it's one of these things where they, like, don't want to pay another child okay. actress. So they That's just fine. are like, let's just pick the same one. That's fine. We don't have That's to pay fine. her more. I actually liked... What was her name? I think her name was Hannah. It was Ben's girlfriend. Oh, yes. And they dated yeah. for, like, a year. A year. I did too. I really liked her as well. It was kind of heartbreaking to watch her slowly realize that Ben was, was in love with in Sadie. Love with her. Yeah. And I like that she like vocalized that and was like, if you're in love with her, like just tell me. Because I right. don't want to be the person that like you stay with because you are too afraid to go after someone else. Right. So I liked her and I thought I think his name was Liam. I thought he was like a good comedic relief. The Australian firefighter oh ex boyfriend. That was <laughs> I lost my mind. I was like, he's here. He came. And I'm like, this is so cheesy, but I love it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely liked the movie as a collective movie compared to like the group. It was really solid. It was different, which I appreciate a movie that does something different. Same. I, I guess that's all I really have to say about it. Oh, I did cry. (laughs) You did? What point? I wrote, am I about to cry? What the hell? And then I wrote five seconds later, okay, I'm crying now. Was it when they, like, kind of broke up a little bit? Yeah, and then it was the part, too, like, where you found out that, like, Ben had planted trees oh. every single year. He planted all these trees and had owned the land with the tree farm, yeah. I wrote, I planted you a tree every day for a year. 365 letters. I think it was the point where, like, they get in an argument and he doesn't say his goodbye to her. They always have this, yeah. like, very 13 going on 30. They have this, like, greeting where they, like, say goodbye to each other. 
but yeah i thought it was i thought it was a good movie i thought it was solid yeah i also kept being like when is he gonna open the box and what like old tithe like thing is gonna be in there because she gets in this puzzle box and i'm like you seriously haven't opened this box yet like the real gifts inside use your head ben yeah that was weird he kept looking at it i was like just open it so my favorite character was Sadie, who was uh, Kyla Pratt's character. And I really liked her. I thought she was really, um, like, captivating. I was really invested in her story. And I, like, liked um, her relationship with Ben. I liked her dynamic with, like, her parents. I thought she was a really solid lead. Yeah, I went with Sadie as well. Similar to Jessica in the last movie, I think that she didn't really create a lot of conflict. Like, she didn't know her Australian ex-boyfriend was going to show up in town. And I think she also, like respected Ben and Hannah's relationship and tried to like keep a distance and yeah I thought I thought she was like a good character I think I I like Kyla Pratt a lot as an actress I think she's really talented and she's really believable in the role she plays so yeah I thought she was good yeah she really you could really feel like the emotion when is like we don't we're not doing this anymore like it's time to grow up and you I could feel it I didn't cry but I was like I, I see you Kyla Pratt I think I was just emotional that day so, my favorite line slash scene is when Liam shows up. Ben's about to proclaim his, like, love for her, and he just, like, shows up and is like, that one night we spent together was amazing, and I can't let this go, and I'm here for you now. And just, like, the ridiculousness of him just, like, Australian firefighter showing up to this town in, like, Oregon, just being like, I'm ready! <laughs> yes. Um, it was so ridiculous, but I loved it. My, I didn't have a line, but, like, my scene involves Liam as well. It's, like, when they were at the carnival and Ben gives Sadie this, like, re- really small, like, reindeer. And then all of a sudden Liam comes up with this, like, gigantic reindeer who is, like, ten times the size. Like, I thought the humor with him was really well. And it was, like, it was kind of a nice, like, break almost because it's kind of, like, this... It was getting a little bit slow for me at that point. And so I yeah. think bringing in a new character and, like, adding humor really worked for that. I do, too. So then my favorite Hallmark moment, which is the last comment I wanted to touch on. So she, her parents are moving. They're moving to Florida, of course. Got to retire to Florida. And she's like, I want to make them this Christmas album with like all these memories from their hometown. And um, so she's taking all these photos and she gives it to her parents on Christmas Eve. And they're like, this isn't for us. This is you declaring your love for Ben. And I'm like, what? It's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, how do you not realize you're creating a photo album for your parents, but it's full of pictures of you and your best friend? And it was so over the top, and it led to, like, the weird ending, like, kind of rushed ending, but it was just very bizarre to me and very felt very Hallmark, even though this is a Lifetime movie. Or was this a Hallmark movie? No, this is a Lifetime movie. This was Lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, my Hallmark moment was the fact that he planted a tree every year. It was, like, like essentially the notebook and i was like it, it's i didn't find it like a romantic gesture i just like don't like sappy stuff like that yeah um but i was like hallmark or lifetime would write that in their script that he literally purchased a christmas tree from and planted a tree every year since he was nine like, yeah apparently as a nine-year-old he went and planted a tree on some farmer's land and the farmer's like oh well, i'm selling my land you want to buy it <laughs> he was like yeah sure let's do it so, sure man sure Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's time now for A Christmas Treasure. Now, is this our only movie of 2021 or... No, Christmas Pact is 2021. No, that was 2020, I think. Oh, it was? Okay. Okay. So this is the only movie that we watched that is actually from this year. Yes. 
So Christmas Treasure was released in 2021, so very recently. Um, it was rated TVG, had a runtime of an hour and 24 minutes. And so this movie was executive produced by Jordan Sparks, who also starred in and sang in the movie. I could not find a single tidbit of information about this movie. I searched high and low. I looked all over the place. I couldn't find anything. I was reading articles. I got nothing. What I can tell you is that it has a 5.6 out of 10 and IMDb. 5.6. What did the Christmas pact have? A five point something? 5.9. 5.9, yeah. So, no. Let's just talk about how wrong that is off the start. Um, so, yeah, that's all the background I could find, and I didn't really want to look that hard, to be honest. So, I didn't. Not time for my summary. <clears throat> the Hallmark Channel finally decided to cast some diversity in their films, but somehow made the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen in the process. Jordan Sparks, a wealthy journalist with an abundance of old money, is planning to move to New York to write a book. She runs into the blandest, most boring love interest so frequently, like 20 times, so many times, that it's amazing that I still somehow can't remember his name. The plot has no stakes, so you don't care about anything, and the leads spend so much time together with somehow nothing happening. I've never been both so simul simultaneously bored and upset while watching a Christmas movie. So much so that I would can confidently recommend this movie to no one. All right, let's do predictions before we uh, before we get into it. While Hannah and I were watching our first Christmas movie, I saw a commercial for Jordan Sparks' Christmas movie, and I went, "Oh, Jordan Sparks' Christmas movie! That sounds great. I love Jordan Sparks. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's one of the ones we watch." <laughs> and then I found out I'd recorded it and and we watched it <laughs> we were both very excited and very let down yeah so the first 10 minutes okay so going into this movie in first 10 minutes you find out that Jordan Sparks character works for her family's newspaper yeah so she's a journalist for her family's new newspaper hashtag nepotism <laughs> right you find out that her love interest I think his name was Kyle I didn't write it down. I couldn't find it. Okay. I looked all um, throughout my notes. I was like, what's his name? Couldn't, couldn't. I wrote oh, Kyle. It is Kyle. Kyle. I found it. Okay. You find out that Kyle works at a restaurant. Does he work at a restaurant? Well, he was a restaurant. He worked at a restaurant in Chicago that just went under. So he's currently yes. in between trying to figure out his next job. Yes. And I believe that him, I don't know if this happens the first 10 minutes, but he's helping out his aunt at her restaurant yes. and he serves Jordan Sparks and her friends. And I believe they knew each other. No, they never. No, they didn't know <laughs> each other. Remember. I don't think they knew each other. Didn't they have a picture of them as kids? Or was that a different No, movie? that's that's the um, right about Christmas. <laughs> okay. She had a picture with him okay. um, when they were kids. Okay. Obviously, you're I don't You're combining <laughs> the movies together. But anyway, so you're introduced to this. So she's moving to New York to write this book, but the plot won't let you forget that you could write a book anywhere. You don't have to move to New York, as about eight people will say throughout the movie. And yeah, that's that's the intro. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of know both their jobs already, because right. obviously the one's a chef, the other one is a journalist. My prediction is that, I just wrote man, because I didn't know his name. Kyle will take over family's restaurant. He wants to start a quiet life away from the city while Jordan wants to leave the quiet for the city. They will be at odds over this, but ultimately 
Jordan will make a sacrifice because they always do. And will stay with Kyle in whatever city they were in. Chicago. Chicago. Near small town again, a small town near Chicago. But we actually had diversity. We did have a lot of diversity in this movie. There was a random man who was handing out Christmas trees and then all of a sudden this couple won a prize, like won money, like a check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won $3,000 for um, getting a Christmas tree. Like the, you've got the thousandth Christmas tree of this year. Here's $3,000. So I said that the man with the Christmas tree will get a sudden love interest. Just because I looked at my notes, the last thing I should mention is the premise of this movie is that they're going to open a hundred year old time capsule. And it's like her family, like great great grandfather or something like that, was the one who like created this time capsule and like started the town or whatever, you know. So that's we know that's gonna happen. They haven't opened the time capsule yet when we stopped. So because I was like, I feel like this movie is gonna be very predictable, and I didn't want to take the predictable way out. I said since they're already pushing her not going to New York angle, and also because she's getting a new love interest, I think that she will still go to New York in the end, and he also moves to be a chef in New York. Like, they group in New York together. Um, I said the conflict that they might be some sort of conflict and fight between them because of an old flame, um, either hers or his, I wasn't sure. Now, here's here's where it gets interesting. So, for my random thing, because I know they're going to open a time capsule, I said there's going to be a diary from her great-grandfather in the time capsule that will become the novel she writes about instead of whatever novel she's currently writing. And let me tell you that that is exactly what happens in this movie. They open the time capsule. It's a it's a journal instead of a diary, but same thing of her great-grandfather. She's reading the passages and then decides, you know what? I'm going to write my novel about this instead because I know where I belong and it's my hometown. I don't need to go to New York to write a story. <sighs> Um, and I will say that my prediction came true and she stayed, she didn't go to New York. Nope. And he did, uh, run his, his aunt's, uh, his restaurant. aunt's restaurant. So, Hannah, this is, I think, the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen in my life. We've watched a good amount of Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies. And just Christmas movies in general. And Christmas movies in general. I have never hated a movie more. Halfway through the movie, Hannah and I started discussing it. We don't do that. Like, we generally, you know, I don't have a comment here or there, but we don't generally discuss our feelings about a movie that we're going to be talking about in a podcast. But I couldn't, I just was like, Hannah, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is horrible. At one point, Alyssa asked me how much time was left. We still had an hour. We had so much time left. I was like, that can't be true. I was really excited to watch this movie because- I was too. I love Jordan Sparks- and it was a, it's a primarily black cast. Yeah. You know, so a ton of diversity. We had just gone from watching a, the Right Before Christmas, which was a very white movie. And I was like, the chemistry between, it wasn't, I don't think it was Jordan Sparks' fault, but no. that man had no chemistry. He had no. She had better chemistry with the actor who was playing her brother. Yeah. Than she had with her love interest. I would have believed her and the brother were love interests. Me too. And they had so many scenes together it was ridiculous they had to have over 20 scenes of just them two randomly meeting (laughs) like little three to five minute vignettes of them talking and nothing was discussed there were no plot stakes there is nothing at stake in this movie no 
Like, she doesn't have to go to New York. She could stay at home. She has this humongous fucking house to herself on a salary of a journalist. So, like, clearly her family has tons of money. Like, she can't afford a house like that as a newspaper, a journalist for a local city newspaper. And with him, it's the same thing. Like, there's no stakes because the aunt's like, oh, well, you can work at my restaurant if you want. Like, sure, you could be a chef in, you know, Chicago, but, like, you could also work here because I want to retire at some point. So there's, like, there are no stakes to this movie. Like, nothing to lose, nothing to gain. It just feels very hollow. The problem with Hallmark and Lifetime movies is you know the writing's not going to be that great for the most part. These movies rely very heavily on the two main leads having good chemistry. And a lot of times my favorite Lifetime Hallmark movies are because I think the main leads have really good chemistry and that's enough for me. I don't need to have good writing. There was no chemistry and the writing was bad. So there's nothing to invest me in it. And like you said, they just skipped every scene between every other character and it was just her and Kyle every single scene. It was so bad. I've never seen a scene with, I've never seen a movie with that many scenes just with two people besides Wally. Yeah, but it also was like, um, one of their first meetings is they're um, making gingerbread houses and it's just a montage. They don't have any discussion. They don't, you don't, you don't see them talking about anything like, you know, the getting to know you stuff. Like we skip over that. So then I'm like, well, why are we having all these like little tiny conversations between each other where like the plot doesn't move forward. We don't learn anything about them or their relationship. They don't kiss till the end of the movie in one of the worst final kiss scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the ending was bad. So like there's this Christmas lantern that apparently lit up on Christmas Eve a hundred years ago. Um, So they have it in the windowsill and they're standing in front of it and they kiss and then the Christmas treasure lights up and... She's like, did that just light up? And he's like, well, could be a electrical surge or a pulse or blah, blah, blah. And then they kiss again and then the movie ends. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I I really hated the fact that she didn't go to New York because the whole movie, she was so excited to go to New York and everyone's like, you don't need to go to New York. Um, Can we just get positive for a minute? Because Jordan Sparks sings. Jordan Sparks singing was the best part of the movie. Oh, it was great. Although... The first song she sang, they, like, gave her auto-tune, and I was like, she doesn't need auto-tune. The second scene, they let her, and she was also just, like, at a random party, so I was like, they wouldn't yeah. have auto-tune there. Oh, doesn't she sing Oh Holy Night at the party? Yeah, but they, like, put auto-tune in, and I was like... And it feels very studio-produced, and she's just in a home, yeah. so it feels very off. Um, the second scene, I thought, with her singing was a lot better. Yes. But yeah, that was, like, to me, the best parts of the movie was Jordan Sparks singing. I do think, again, like, I don't think Jordan Sparks was bad. I think she did her best. I don't, she didn't have a lot to work with. No, it just, it's like, as an executive producer, shouldn't she have had more control over stuff? I don't know. Or if she was fine with it? I I don't know. I said I wonder, like, who was in the casting room watching their, them interact and, because there was literally no chemistry at all. Yeah. At all. And also, she doesn't sing until over halfway into the movie. Right. Way too far. Like, you should have given her singing, like, right at the beginning. You know, that's why people are going to watch this movie, to hear her sing. Because she's a very, very talented singer. We've discussed her on this podcast before when we did our American Idol Mm -hmm. ranking. My comment, I said, Santa better take her to NYC. (laughs) The shitty Christmas lamp. Where's Santa? Do something. Yeah. We did want to feel validated, yeah. We found a podcast. They review Hallmark and I think maybe just Hallmark movies or Hallmark and Lifetime movies. Yeah. It's called Deck the Hall. 
Deck the Hallmark. Deck the Hallmark is the name of this podcast. Yeah, and we found a YouTube video of them talking about this movie, and they said out of all the Hallmark movies they had watched in a couple years, this was the worst movie. Or one of the worst, yeah. One of the worst. Yeah. So we felt validated in our Yeah, let's just go into, like... Just, I have to make one last comment. I really like houses. I really like um, just the architectural, structural design of houses, specifically. They were claiming that their home was built in the 1920s. And I call bullshit on it. The entire structure, the way the out exterior looks, the way the interior looks, there is absolutely no way you can try to claim that this home they have, this luxurious large home with its open air design, is built in the 1920s. Now, I can understand if the exterior looks old and the interior they've updated to be modern and new. That happens all the time. But architecturally would not have been made in 1920. And I just have to point that out, that that was incredibly bothersome to me. I was really bothered by it. All right. And that's all I have to say. Um, I, I guess my favorite character was Jordan Sparks' character, just because I like Jordan Sparks, and there wasn't really anyone to pick from. Yeah, I like Jordan Sparks. Um, I picked her as well. I also liked the ant. I thought the ant was fine, yeah. but she just didn't get a lot to work with, so. Jordan Sparks was, was a fine lead. <laughs> there, was a, there was a line <laughs> where the ants, like... Oh, can I, can I do the Yeah, you can deliver it. So, that's also my favorite line as well. So, I didn't have a favorite, um, scene, because a lot of this movie sucked, but so the aunt has gone out. She's like, I'm going to go for a walk. Basically, her and her son, um, her nephew, are trying to create a Christmas dish for this, like, Christmas festival where they, like, try a bunch of foods and whoever has the best one wins. Spoiler alert, they win, but they also don't taste their food in front of them. They just, like, walk up to their tent and they're like, we already tried your food and you've won. And I'm like, wait, but, but you didn't show it. Like, we want to see them eating it and be like, oh, wow, this is great. Didn't happen. But anyway, so she goes out for this walk and she comes back and he's like, where are you? Where were you? You've been gone a long time. And she went, I stopped to help some neighborhood kids build a snowman. The way she inflected it, it didn't sound right. It was so weird. I'm like, is this a directorial decision? Like, did somebody tell her she needed to say neighborhood kids? Like, here's how I would have delivered that had I been an actress. Oh, I stopped to help some neighborhood kids build a snowman. I just have to help some neighborhood kids build a snowman. It's just, yeah. It was very weird. We had to go back and watch it again. But we did we, go back. We we round to watch that scene again. Yeah. It was a genuine laugh out of me. Hallmark moment, I said I didn't have one because I hated everything. I said Jordan Sparks singing Christmas song or This Christmas. I really like that song. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs in general. Um, so I enjoyed the moment and I thought, yep, this is Christmas, so Hallmark it is. <laughs> All right. Let's move All on. All right. We're done. No, we got one more. Well, with this movie. We're oh. done with this movie, finally. <laughs> not not done in total. No, <laughs> Hannah, I could not forget our last movie. It's the last one I watched. I finished it 20 minutes before we wa- started this podcast. So yes. I'm all invested in this one. Okay, so this is the Christmas setup, which was uh, premiered on Lifetime. This movie came out in 2020. It was an hour and 25 minutes long, and it has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, director was Pat Mills, and this is the first LGBTQ plus themed Christmas film ever broadcasted by Lifetime. It was shot in Ontario. It did receive mostly positive reviews from critics, um, and it was also nominated for a 2021 GLAAD Award for an oh. Outstanding TV Movie. Had two nominations at a Directors Guild of Canada. 
So, I did not know this going into the movie, but Blake Lee and Ben Lewis, who play the two main love interests, mm-hmm. are actually married in real life? Yes. Okay, you knew that? Well, I looked this up after the fact, but I did not know that going in, yes. So, they actually met years ago through Aub- Aubrey Plaza, because um, Ben Lewis- wait, no, is it Blake Lee or Ben Lewis? Blake Lee um, was on Parks and Recreation. He had a stint of, like, seven or eight episodes, And so he knew Aubrey Plaza through Parks and Recreation. And him and Ben met at a, like, he went to an event with Aubrey Plaza and him. For Scott Pilgrim versus the world because Aubrey Plaza was in the movie. Right. And so um, they met there. They actually, I read a story about how they, like, met in the bathroom. Like, he mentioned, like, oh, you know Aubrey Plaza, right? And they kind of, like, that's how they got to know each other. Um, And they got married in 2016. So, in an interview they did about the movie, um, they kind of both mentioned how they're happy this film can, like, open the door for representation, uh, and they kind of mentioned the fact that they only represent a small portion of, like, the LGBTQ plus community, both of them, like, being white, um, being white men, like, they don't represent, you know, other, like, minority groups within that community. But they said they hope it leads to more opportunity for those other groups. Here's my summary. (laughs) It took 23 years, but Lifetime finally released a gay Christmas movie. Hugo is living his actual dream of becoming a partner at a law firm in London, but when he is reunited with Patrick, his childhood crush, he gives it all up so he can move back to the exciting, bustling city of Milwaukee and become closer to his mom, aka the nanny. Although, with one look into Patrick's breathtaking eyes, I can't say I blame Hugo for sticking around. He is very cute. Yeah, I watched this movie and I was like, oh, they have, like, this good chemistry. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, they're married. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, they had they had very good chemistry in the Can movie. Can we talk about the fact that somehow I recorded the, like, the, the only yes. and only gay Christmas movie that yeah, Lifetime Yeah, you know, made? when I started watching it, I was just like, I'm getting, like, getting some vibes. And then all of a sudden they met and I was like, oh, we have gay leads? I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> It's like, Hannah, you got it. You did it. You found the only one. The only Christmas movie. Although, I don't know. Did they make any this year? So, I did read that Lifetime is making... This year, they released, like, the first lesbian um, <gasps> okay. Christmas okay. movie. Okay, which... so there's there's two. We picked one of the two. Yeah, and I don't think that got one's it. come out yet. I think it's, like, premiering, like, coming up in this holiday season. Yeah. I'm proud and I of thought, you. I don't know if Hallmark made one like this year or last year, but I thought Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls. Oh. His I thought his actor was supposed to be in a movie, a Christmas movie. Let's find out right now. Yeah, maybe check that because I thought okay. that was a thing. The Christmas House? Maybe. 2020. So, he's not the lead. Okay. But, okay. But he is he does play in a like a there is a, a gay relationship in that movie. So I guess But there's there's Hallmark very also, few. It was the first Hallmark movie to prominently feature a same-sex couple, but they weren't okay. the lead. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. But they it was like an ensemble group. But yeah, yeah, so Hallmark also did last year as well. Okay, so for predictions. So at this point, going into the movie, you find out that Hugo lives in New York. He is a uh, works at a law firm and he's trying to become a partner at this law firm. Um, you meet Maddie, who's Hugo's friend, who is a teacher. And then you meet Patrick, who is, at this point, all we know about him is that he's delivering 
a Christmas tree to Hugo's mom's house. Yes. Um, and that they went to high school together, but they were a couple grades apart. Right. I think that was most of what we got. We met his mom, um, the nanny. Yeah, and then we Fran. know his brother is in the military. And, and their his, dad is dead. Yes, and his brother's, like, in Germany, I'm pretty sure. Also, apparently his mom got the biggest and heaviest tree on the lot, but it's smaller than our Christmas tree we have at our parents' house, so I don't know yeah. what kind of Christmas trees they're selling at their lot. Don't Skimpy, know. sad ones. Milwaukee doesn't have the Christmas tree game down No, they apparently. don't. At least through the scene that I watched, they did kind of set up some some chemistry yeah. from their first, like awkward chemistry, but from their first interaction. Yes. Okay, so we know that Hugo's a lawyer. I didn't, I said surely Patrick's only job can't be delivering Christmas trees. I also had a job picked for him as well. Yeah, I said that he was either like, it also, because I was kind of going on the Christmas tree vibe, I said he yeah. either also did like landscaping work or did like, uh, like woodwork slash mm-hmm. like handyman work. Yeah. So I said, so I think Patrick probably volunteers, like does work for this tree thing. I, I didn't say that it was his dad's, but it ends up being his dad's. But I thought he did some work for it. But I, I said he also does some, maybe some nonprofit work. And it turns out he does have a foundation. So I was on the, on a right plane with that. Yeah, he was, like, developed an app that made him a ton of money, and then he retired. And then made his own foundation and just, like, does work for the local community. Yeah. Um, so I said for my predictions that Hugo and Patrick will play the Are You Interested game, where they both try and see if the other one is flirting but are unsure. I said Hugo's job will become an issue with distance, but he will quit that job and find one here so he can stay with Patrick and be closer to his mom as well. I said Maddie will get a love interest. Um, And then I said at the train station, there will be a discount Santa who makes a bad joke. Because we find out that there's like this train station that they do all these like Christmas events at. And on Christmas Eve, they all write letters. All the kids write letters to Santa and they put it on this like train to go to the North Pole. And it's really just like a commercial train. Yeah, that was my predictions. So, I said that the plot would be that, um, Owen, uh, sorry, for some reason I thought his name was Owen, it's Hugo, uh, but I accidentally wrote Owen in my predictions. So, Hugo and Patrick clearly are getting set up, hence the name of the movie. Um, I said the vibe is already there. I said it's either going to be his friend or his mom is the one who's setting them up and it ends up being, um, Hugo's mom. I said they're going to, um, in a plot to get him to come live at home and be a lawyer in Milwaukee. So, I also said the conflict... I thought maybe perhaps like Patrick wasn't out at yet and so some of the conflict would be related to be like him you know either he maybe he hasn't dated men before or like isn't comfortable being out like in a you know a midwestern town and then like maybe there's a conflict where he's like accidentally outed by Hugo or or something of those along those lines if only I'd watched the next scene he was like oh he's been out since high, since high school mm-hmm. and I was like damn it I was like no I'm like if yeah. only I'd known this like my whole uh, it changed my whole skew of everything yeah and you find I'm pretty sure at the end it wasn't totally implied but I'm pretty sure Hugo doesn't take the job in London and stays yeah I was very unclear because they talked a lot about like well long distance can work right. if you want it to so are they doing long distance with him being in London or is he coming home or staying in New York? I, it was yeah. very unclear. It was unclear. I forgot my, my one random thing because I forgot to write that. I thought that maybe there would be a reindeer that gets loose and that they both have to help wrangle it in. And then like in that moment is when they like fall for each other. 
Sadly, yeah. there were no reindeer. Sad times. Yeah. I, I like, smiled a ton this movie. I did, too. It was very endearing. I was surprised we got more than one kiss scene. Me, too. We got two. We got one before an hour into yeah. the movie. Which, which I was surprised, because usually they're at, like, the end is when they finally kiss. is like, the last five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was... I was... I remember I read, like, a... I don't remember what it was, but a lot of people said, like, one of their biggest, like, things with, like, like LGBTQ representation, representation on, like, TV and movies is that a lot of times it involves, like, a coming out story. Right. And they said, like, that's nice to see, but they just want to see, like, a couple who's, like, both out and both, like, okay with right. who they are. And so it was nice to have both characters, like, already be out. That wasn't, like, yeah. a main conflict in the movie. It was also really nice because in a lot of these movies, the men never do any sort of romantic gestures. Right. Like, they don't really. And so, like, it was nice to, like, have Patrick, like, make a picnic for Hugo in the middle of a Christmas tree farm and then, like, take him out to go see lights, like, to go see the stars and stuff. And, like, obviously they have good chemistry. I mean, it makes more sense now that I know they're married in real life. Yes. I would hope they would have chemistry. Yeah. It was just, like, kind of, like, a really sweet movie. Yeah. I liked the cast. I thought the cast was good, too. Yeah, so Han and I both have read this book, like, The House on the Cerulean Sea, that is basically a, like, you know, being accepted for who you are, and, like, the main character is, like, gay, and and it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, there are no issues, like, with that, which is similar to this movie, where, like, they're both openly gay, and that's not an issue for anyone in their family, like, everyone's very accepting, there's not, there's no conflict with that fact, like, it's just, like, a fact, which, like, you know, it's nice to see in, like, a Christmas movie. Like, it was just a normal love story, and they just happened to be gay. Mm-hmm. So, I really liked that aspect, that that was not, like, a component. I did really like, though, I'll just say it because it was my favorite, like, line of the movie, but they're setting up this Christmas tree, and, like, they're kind of making, like, small talk, you know, like, awkward small talk, and um, Hugo just goes straight, and then Patrick's like, excuse me? And he's like, the tree. He's like, is it, doesn't he go the right or left? Like, is it, is it leaning a little bit? But I just, like, liked that they, like, had um, some good humor throughout the movie, too. Yeah. I, I enjoy, too, how, like, Hugo and his brother had a little bit of a hard time connecting and yeah. having, like, a conversation. Because, like, one, they don't see each other a lot, and two, I think it's, like, they don't necessarily relate in a lot of the same ways, but it's kind of nice that they find this connection through, like, Hugo used to work with his dad in, like, this wood, sh- uh, in their, like, shed in the backyard or whatever, and they used to do, like, woodworking, and so I like how, like, him and the brother can kind of bond over that. Um, I liked Maddie, Hugo's friend. Mm-hmm. I thought she was, like, a nice, supportive, and I will say, like, the plot between her and the brother, I don't think it got developed enough. It was a little boring for me. I was not invested in their um, their romance, unfortunately. I'm kind of co- still kind of confused, like, with the ending of the movie, because part of me was a little bit mad that Hugo was so excited about becoming a partner and all this, and then he, like, gives it up, but I don't really know if he did or what. Yeah, you know, they're like, oh, you have to take a chance on, you know, love or, you know, relationships, and it was kind of unclear to me like what exactly that meant like are they doing long distance are they doing like is he moving home is he staying in new york like it was very unclear to me i don't know if maybe there's just like a context clue we missed like 
in that last end of the movie. I'm not. But I feel like the fact sure. that we're both kind of confused about it. Usually, one of us picks up. You know what I mean? Right. Because that kind of like changes, I guess, how I feel about the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I just read a random note that I wrote because in one scene they go caroling. I said, I can't think of anything mm-hmm. worse than opening my door and seeing a group of carolers there and just being forced to sit and watch. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And imagine if, like, oh what God. if it was our family out caroling? Can you imagine someone having to open their door and listening to us yeah. sing a Christmas carol off key and horribly? I would just shut the door and I I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like, good yeah. choice. You've made the correct, the right yeah. choice in this situation here. It was a nice movie. Like, I... I just felt, like, warm inside, I guess. Yeah. And also, like, the yeah. historical plot is, like, this guy who's the part of the town and, like, set up a lot of stuff and did a lot of good for the community, has this, like, relationship with a guy, like, hidden, you know, secret relationship because it was, what, yeah. in the 1900s or 1904. I don't exactly remember what time period that took place in, but it was, like, that was kind of, like, the ongoing plot as well. So, yeah, it was, it was like, yeah, it was all a good feels, good vibes and I was entertained. I liked, um, it wasn't too over-the-top Christmas. Like, yeah, there still was, like, here's all these Christmas things we have to do every day, but it wasn't as, like, in-your-face, like, this town is all Christmas. But I liked how they, like, went to a drag show, and they, like, did things that yeah. are more, like, right. modern day. You know what I mean? Like, I- it, Yes. Yes. Like, it wasn't, like, yeah. old-timey it felt, Christmas stuff. It felt like it a very like, modern yeah. movie. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I said my favorite was Patrick. I said he was, like, I liked him because he was, like, vulnerable, he was romantic, and he, like, voiced what he wanted. Like, when he finds out Hugo is potentially going to go to London, he's like, you know, I thought I could do this, but I can't, like, and all that. So I liked how he did that. I also liked he was, like, really positive person and just was comfortable with who he was, and it was just nice to see. Yeah, I really liked, uh, I picked Patrick as well for the same reasons. I thought he was a really good, uh, like, love interest, and I liked, um, like, all of his interactions, like, with Hugo's family, and, like, um, being very clear about what he wanted, and, yeah, Yeah. he's a good lead. Yeah. And he's cute. Uh, My favorite line is Hugo's talking, him and his mom are having a conversation, and he's like, mom, you got arrested? And the mom's like, oh, just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little arrested. He's like, what do you mean you just got a little arrested? Yeah, I really, I liked that. I think my favorite scene was actually that when he sets up, like, that dinner in the Christmas tree farm. It just, like, it felt very romantic Mm -hmm. and not in, like, a cheesy romantic way necessarily. It just felt like a a nice gesture. Like, he remembered what his favorite, like, food was from when they were younger. Like, it's just, it felt like a romantic gesture that didn't have to be super cheesy Hallmark-esque. I picked, um, for my favorite Hallmark moment, I did the one where they go to watch the Northern Lights, because I really liked it. It's when they kiss the first time, and it's, like, set up really well, and, like, their conversation was really f- interesting, and just, like, it gave you the feel. Yeah, I had the same know? exact one. Because I was so shocked they kissed then. Yeah. I was like, surely they're just gonna look into each other's eyes, and then it will cut away. Yeah, or hug, or, like, hold, yeah. ha- or hold hands yeah. or something, Yeah, it's just know? a good movie. Yeah. Time to rank. I think- Time to rank. Okay, well, clearly A Christmas Treasure is last in number five. Um, I honestly don't know if I've seen a worse Christmas movie. It's really upsetting because this is a movie with a large amount of diversity in which we were complaining about movies not having enough diversity and enough different backgrounds and things. So it's a real shame that the plot and the story writing were so horrible. But I, I was 
bored out of my mind. Nothing was entertaining to me. And I'm sorry, Jordan Sparks, that you had to have this be your movie. But your singing was great. I loved your singing scenes, but this movie sucks. So it's last. Yeah, number five is A Christmas Treasure. I wrote, worst movie. It's not even close. Uh, Chemistry was horrible. The writing sucked and the movie was super slow. So um, for me, three and four are pretty interchangeable. I was having a hard time picking between the two of them, but I'll just put number four is Christmas in Homestead. Um, So I thought it was a fine movie. It was definitely like, it wasn't terrible by any means, but I just like had got a little bored throughout the movie and some of the plot lines I wasn't super engaged in, but I did really like the leads and I liked the like story that was set up. Yeah, I... I was with you on that. Three and four could have swapped, but four, I also put Christmas Homestead. I said, um, I did Mm -hmm. think it was, like, a strong cast. I thought the concept was actually pretty interesting, but again, it just, like, it did get slow, and it was also just, like, very typical, cheesy Hallmark movie. Um, so number three, I have right before Christmas. It's a very similar to Christmas and Homestead, but I think what helps it is having all the different plot lines. Like, yeah, it's not a well done love actually, but it's, it adds for more interesting plot lines and there's more like characters. So there's, I feel like more going on in the story to follow. And plus it's Chad Michael Murray and Melissa. I'm sorry, I can't remember the actress. Tori, De- Tori DeVito. Tori DeVito, like, I feel like their chemistry was really good, um, and I like both them as, like, actors and actresses, so I think that's what elevated it a little higher. Yeah, number three I have right before Christmas. I think the movie's really solid. I think, uh, the chemistry is one of the better chemistries between the two mains, um, but it is, like, essentially a worse love, actually. I do give them props, though, for being willing as a Hallmark movie to do something a little bit different than your typical storyline. It did make it more entertaining for me. Yeah, so number two, I have the Christmas setup. Um, One and two, I also kind of had a hard time picking between being the first um, Lifetime movie to have, like, a a gay relationship as the lead, like, two men as the love interest was really nice to see, um, and that it wasn't, like, that was part of the conflict. Um, I liked that it was just, like, that was just the story. I thought the characters were really well done, and I liked the chemistry between the leads. I think I just liked one movie a little better, but it was a really well done Christmas movie and I enjoyed it. Feel good vibes throughout. I was the same with you. I went back and forth on one and two. I put two as the Christmas pact. Um, The movie was really good. The cast was really good. I think the only thing that um, held it back a little bit for me was just having so many time jumps. I had to really like, really try and figure out where we were in the time, like literally in the time frame. But I think it was a really solid movie and I think it was, I wasn't expecting it to be like that because you don't get it a lot with Hallmark and Lifetime movies. So that surprised me in a good way. But I'm like you, I just think the other one I liked a little bit more for different reasons. Yeah, so number one, I have The Christmas Pact. And although like the time jump was a little, could be a little confusing at times, I was really engaged by that structure. I thought it served the movie really well, having that dynamic of watching these characters grow up together and separate. Um, Plus like, I really like Kyla Pratt. Um, We grew up watching The Proud Family. It was like one of the shows we watched a lot. Like I know we have The Proud Family movie recorded on VHS. Like, we only did that for things that we really wanted to have. So I just, I really liked the dynamic. I really liked this idea of them meeting and, like, becoming love interests. Like, they've known each other for a long time. And I think that's, like, that was the only movie that did this, and at least this block that we watched. So I just liked 
some of the differences in plot and like story structure in this movie that I think worked really well and made it stand out to me a little more. Yeah. Um, number one, I had the Christmas setup. This was the most I smiled throughout any of these movies. Like, it was just really, like, heartwarming. It made me feel really warm inside, which I feel like that's what those movies are supposed to do. I also think it's, like, an important film because it was, like, the first of its kind, the first time having that and, like, hopefully leading to more opportunities. Um, and the chemistry was really good between the the main guys. Um, yeah, just just a nice, warm, feel-good movie. Yeah. Um, So just to run through my rankings again really quick, number five, I have A Christmas Treasure, four, Christmas in Homestead, three, Right Before Christmas, two, The Christmas Setup, and one, The Christmas Pact. I had five, A Christmas Treasure, uh, four, Christmas Homestead, three, Right Before Christmas, two, The Christmas Pact, and one, The Christmas Setup. Yeah, so that's uh, Hallmark Lifetime movies. And does it surprise you, Hannah, that our, both of our top two movies happen to also be Lifetime movies and not Hallmark movies? No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I just tend to like them more because I feel like they t- they try a little bit harder, at least, to be diverse. I don't think Hallmark would ever put a drag show scene in <laughs> one of their movies. No. I don't think they would have a drag queen singing just Christmas saying. carols. Um, but yeah, so we next week we're coming back with more Christmas Yes. But not movies. Not movies. We're transitioning to something else that we love at Christmas time. Another great Christmas thing. Um, if you have watched A Christmas Treasure, is that what it's called? Christmas Treasure. You have watched A Christmas Treasure. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you would like to share your thoughts with us on it and um, tell... Maybe you loved it. Maybe someone out there loves the movie. We were reading some of the reviews on um, INDV and... People were like, this movie's great. I love the chemistry between the leads. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. What are you talking about? But yeah, if anyone loves the movie, let us know. We have our Instagram or Twitter, email. We'll be back next week. We will, for more Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition. And you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat.